Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. If you're there in John chapter number 11, I want you to look at verse number 6, all right? John chapter number 11 and verse number 6. The Bible says this, when he, speaking of Jesus, had heard, therefore that he, speaking of Lazarus, was sick, he abode or stayed two days still in the same place where he was. He stayed two days in the same place where he was. And as I was preaching this to the, to the children, I didn't focus on this portion right here of the story. I was talking about the deity of Christ and, and the humanity of Christ, and we may speak about that tonight a little bit, but it just, it just kind of dawned on me like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so Jesus, instead of rushing to their help or rushing to their aid, he he stayed behind. And tonight, I just want to just, if I can, and I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to apply whatever He wants to your heart tonight, but I want to speak just on dealing with God's delays. Dealing with God's delays. Now, can I just say tonight, we understand that God is in charge. We know that God is in control. We know and we believe in the providence of God. Can I get an amen tonight on that? I believe that nothing happens out of coincidence or happenstance. Brother Micah, I believe in the providence of God. But this title is based on our, on our human thinking, okay? So, so how to deal with God's delays, all right? Let's ask God to help us tonight because we need His divine help. Father, for a few moments tonight, I ask that you would please use me. Thank you, Lord, for letting me preach the Word of God tonight. Thank you, God, for my friends and my family that, that are here tonight. And for many that are out, God, enjoying vacation and times of rest and relaxation, and relaxation, Lord, I ask that you'd help them. Lord, thank you so much for loving us and for being kind to us. Lord, I ask that you would please use me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And dealing with God's delays. Pick it up in verse number one. Look at John 11 and verse number one. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary, verse 2, which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Just to give a little bit of background, we understand that Jesus has an intimate relationship with this small family. In fact, if you read the Gospels, you'll find that Jesus had come by to visit Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And you know that Martha was cumbered about with so much doing. She was so worried about having the house ready and about having the meal cooked and having the table and placements and all that ready because Jesus was coming to her house that she missed the most important part of having Jesus come over. And that was what, church? To sit at his feet. Mary sat at Jesus' feet. So there's a little bit of background there. Can I just say that Jesus has, a, has an intense and a profound love for this small family that lives in Bethany. 
The Bible says that he got news that he who, he, he who loves them is sick. Look at verse number three. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold. That word behold means come and see. I want you to see this. Come and see our brother whom thou lovest is sick. He loves them, and they know that Jesus loves Lazarus. So he says, send word to Jesus, and he's going to come back right away and do something about this. Verse number four. Let's read verse number four aloud tonight. Ready, begin. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And then right away, the Word of God tells us, now Jesus, what church? Loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Let's read verse number five together. Okay, ready, begin. Now Jesus loved Right away, the Scripture is telling us that just because God is delaying doesn't mean that God doesn't love Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And isn't it interesting that even today, sometimes when we don't get an answer from God, you prayer warriors know what I'm talking about, those of you who've been saved for a while, sometimes when God doesn't show up, at precisely the time that we've been praying for and doesn't work it out like we think he should, Brother Nephtali, don't we have this kind of doubt in our mind? Don't we doubt the love of God sometimes when he doesn't work a situation out exactly the way that we thought he would work out or he doesn't work the situation or he doesn't show up exactly when we pray? And here these people are saying, we know that he loves them, so we're going to send message to him that he's got to come because there's a man who he loves. There's a man, Derek, that he knows personally. He spent time with him, and he's going to do something about it. But the Bible says when he hears about this, he abides still in the same place for two days. Look at verse number 7. Then after that saith he to his disciples, let us go unto Judea again. In verse number 8. His disciples say unto him, Masters, the Jews of late sought to stone thee there, and goest thou thither again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. Verse number 10, But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. He's saying, while it's day, we can walk and we won't stumble because it is obviously daytime. And Jesus obviously responds with a metaphorical spiritual truth. He's saying, listen, those who walk in sin are going to stumble. Why? Because they're walking, they're walking in darkness. Now, this is not the message tonight, but can I just say in parentheses tonight, if you live in sin, you're going to stumble. Sin still is the world's greatest detective. Sin will still destroy. It doesn't matter if you've been saved for a year or a hundred years. Sin will still destroy the influence of any Bible-believing Christian here tonight. Let's not play with sin. Amen, church? And so he says, listen, if you walk at night, you're going to stumble. But of course, Jesus is the light of the world. Then verse number 12, watch this. Verse 11, these things said he, after he said unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that I can wake him out of the sleep. Verse number 12. So often we're like the disciples. Watch verse 12. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do what, church? He shall do well. In other words, if he's sleeping, if he's resting, he's going to get over his sickness. 
if he's sleeping, you know, some, the, the doctors say when you're, when you're sick, you need to get some rest, get some fluids in you. And the disciples don't understand really what's going on here. Until Jesus, verse 13, he says, Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now here, here's the response that Jesus says. Watch this, verse number 15. And I'm glad for your sakes. I'm glad for you. I'm happy that this happened. I'm happy that this happened. Why? To the intent that ye may believe. So Jesus says, I'm glad that Lazarus is dead so that you, my disciples, would believe. Would believe what? Would believe that Jesus is not just a prophet sent from God, that Jesus is not the king, but that they would believe that Jesus Christ is literally the son of God. Jesus is God. He wanted them to know that, listen, here's the validation that's going to come. It's much bigger than Lazarus' pain. It's much bigger than Lazarus' death. It's much bigger than, than Mary and Martha. No, no, no. This is about you knowing that the person that you are following is God. I'm not a prophet like Moses. I'm not like Abraham, but I am God. That's what Jesus is saying. Look at this. Look at verse number 16. I like Thomas here. Now, now, we give a lot of, a lot of heat to Peter because you remember what Peter said? Though all men forsake you, I won't forsake you. I'll, I'll go and die with you, Lord. But a few of us give a little grief to Peter, uh, to Thomas here. Look at verse number 16. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, which means twin. Thomas, the Bible says unto his fellow disciples, he's talking to the rest of the disciples, let us go also that we may die with him. Thomas is like, hey, Jesus doesn't mind going back to Judea because in, in chapter 10, towards the end of the chapter, they were going to kill him. He had to escape out of their hands. If Jesus doesn't mind dying right now, then hey, guys, let's go with him to die with him. My, 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 how quickly he was just to speak whatever he wanted to say. I don't know. And then we find Thomas doubting uh, after the resurrection. Isn't that right, Brother Bill? Isn't it interesting that he can have so much confidence so much faith just to speak and say, hey, Jesus, you're getting ready to go back to Judea? Hey, guys, let's go so we can die with him. Ah, oh, man, that's incredible. Now, I, I, listen, listen, there's some of you tonight that maybe are beating yourself up because you, you don't have faith tonight. And by the way, I would be a hypocrite as a gospel preacher to say that I've never lacked faith. Are you kidding me? I'm like that man that screamed out to Jesus, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. And here Thomas has a strong moment and says, let's, gonna go, let's go and die with Jesus. And then after the resurrection, he didn't believe that Jesus was alive. And I'm just saying part of the Christian life is, is when we have mountains full of faith, and when we have valleys that are empty of faith. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, that's right. Don't beat yourself up tonight. Man, there's so many times I can recall over the last almost 30 years that I've been saved, that I've questioned God, that I've doubted God. Now watch what the Bible says in verse number 17. Verse number 17. Then when Jesus came, then when Jesus came, he found them that he had been laid in the grave four days already. Verse 18. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. A furlong was about 660 feet. So if you got about 15 of them, that's almost two miles, okay? So he was almost two miles away. And can I just say this? 
the book of Philippians tells us something so awesome about the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul told the church in Philippi, you remember this, Brother Javen, he says, let your moderation be known unto all men. Now, that word moderation means gentleness. Let your gentleness, your moderation be known unto all men. And what is it? That the Lord is at hand. In other words, you can be calm and you can be gentle because you know that God is at his arm's reach. And that's what happens here. It's beautiful that Jesus was only about two miles away. Even if he felt so far, can I just say this? He was so close. And tonight you might say, man, Sammy, I feel so far away from God. Or like God's so far away from me. No, he is not far away. God is here tonight. God is omnipresent. And thank God that though sometimes I feel like God is far away, God is close, praise God. God's clothes, and they said, man, 15 furlong. Look at verse number 19. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Word gets around town, Bethany, and they said, man, you know, that, that, that beautiful family, yeah, that brother, he, he's sick and, and he's dying. He's sick and he's dying. They come to comfort Martha and Mary. Verse 20. <clears throat> then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Verse 21, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Here's the translation. Here's the translation. Listen, Lord, this is your fault. Can you see here where the arms crossed? You know Martha was a mess. Can I get an amen on Martha tonight? Martha was a mess. Martha had no sense. She was from New Jersey, bro. She is crazy. She's from the Bronx, man. Martha's from the hood, baby. That's right. Martha shows up. She runs out. She didn't let Jesus come to town. She runs out of me. She goes, Lord, if you'd have been here and my brother not died. No greeting. No thank you for coming, Derek. Brother Mike, brother, brother Joshua is just, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. It's your fault. I sent word to you. Reliable messengers to tell you. You weren't even that far away. You were only like a mile and three quarters off. You weren't that far away. I'm not in shape. But I can walk a mile in 15 minutes. You can walk a mile in 15 minutes. It would have taken Jesus no longer than 45 minutes to get, maybe with the mountainous, I don't know all the topography. Maybe it would have taken, I know, probably in, a, in an hour, in an hour and a half, Jesus could have showed up to Bethany. And they're thinking, we're going to send word and Jesus to be here in no less than an hour. You wait, Martha. You wait, Mary. He's going to show up. He's going to show up. You're sick, Lazarus. Lazarus, hold on. Jesus is about to come. Just, just hold on, brother. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jesus, we send word to Jesus. We know that he loves you. We know that he loves us, and, and he's, he's coming. That evening comes. Man, it, it, I, I promise you, I walked that Jericho road before. I know that he can be here in less than an hour. I, I've been on that road. I know Jesus will. That night comes, Lazarus, he's dead now. The word goes throughout of Bethany, and they're coming to console the sisters, and 
man, we told him. He sat down at this table. You remember that, Mary, Martha? Yeah. So odd that he would not come when it appears that we mostly needed him. It's odd to me. My brother would not have died. Verse 22. But I know. I like those words, but I know. Don't you like those words? Let's say those words together. Ready? One, two, three. But I know. Sometimes we feel like doubt and faith cannot coexist, but I see it right here coexisting in Scripture. Sometimes we feel like we got to have one or the other. No, but I see two of the ingredients right here in Scripture. If you would have been here, my brother would not have died, Lord. And she kind of catches herself. Now she goes, but I know. <laughs> I know, Lord. You know what, Martha? I know that even now. You see that even now? Whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Look at verse number 23. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Man, I love those words of Jesus. Thy brother shall rise again. And look at verse number 24. Martha saith unto him, give me those first two words on verse number 24. Ready, begin? I know. Martha, you saying too much. You see what I'm saying? Martha, you don't know. Don't, don't, you, don't you resonate with Martha tonight? Am I the only one that puts myself in this story thinking we know how God thinks? Thinking we know how God acts? Thinking we know the plans of God? Thinking we know the ways of God? Thinking that, oh yeah, I've been saved for a number of years. I'm a preacher of the gospel and so this is the way that God's word. Can I just say here tonight, nobody tells God what he has to do. Our God is in the heaven. He had done whatsoever he pleased. God doesn't, owe, God doesn't owe Sammy Roberson an explanation on why this happened, why this didn't happen, or, or this. No, God doesn't owe me an explanation. Thank God tonight that our God is on the throne and nobody can dethrone God. Thank God that he's in charge. And right here, Martha says, I know, I know. No, Martha, this is, <laughs> I, I'm working this situation out because you don't know. You think you know, but, but you just don't know. I know my brother's going to rise again in their resurrection at the last day. So here she is, Brother Joshua. She knows a little bit of the Bible. She goes, I know, I know he's going to rise at the last day. Verse number 25. I love verse 25. Let's read it aloud. Ready, begin. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. He that believeth in me. Do you see this church? Isn't that a powerful verse tonight? You see, the resurrection is not necessarily an event. The resurrection is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Praise God. Jesus looks at her and says, Martha, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't get it twisted. I am the resurrection. I am the life. I'm able to take a dead situation and make it alive again. 
I am the one that can breathe life into the nostrils of man because I gave it physically back in the book of Genesis. And if I gave it physically back in the book of Genesis, then I can give it spiritually whenever a man will trust in me to be Savior. I am the resurrection and the life and more than temporal, physical life. More important than Lazarus living physically is Lazarus living spiritually with Jesus forever, my friend. Look what he says. He goes, probably boo her mind. Yet shall he live. By the way, isn't this a wonderful, wonderful hope passage? This is not fiction, but this is fact tonight. That whoever dies in Jesus Christ will live forever with Jesus Christ. Isn't this beautiful that the last enemy that was conquered, I, I gave my son a pop quiz the other day and I said, and I asked him, son, tell me, uh, wh who was the last enemy that Jesus conquered while he died on the cross and resurrected on the third day? Who was the last enemy? And, and he gave a wonderful answer. He said, Satan. And I said, yeah, he conquered Satan. But can I tell you what the scripture says? The Bible says that the, uh, the last enemy to be conquered was death. And isn't this the beautiful, uh, uh, the, the irony of this? is that Jesus conquered death by dying on the cross, praise God. That is the way that Jesus conquered death. And so precious is the death of his saints in the sight of God. Can I just say for us Christians who know the Lord Jesus Christ, whenever we die physically, that death is just a stepping stone. It's just part of the staircase to go to eternal life. And that's what Jesus is telling us tonight. You see, we see death as final and Jesus sees death as continuing. He says, if you die in me, you will live forever and ever and ever in the presence of God, my friend. Oh, bless his name for that. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. You see that verse number 26? You'll never die. Believest thou this? Do you believe this? Verse number 27. She saith unto him, yea, Lord, I believe. <laughs> I believe, Jesus, that thou art the Christ, you're the Savior, you're the Messiah, the Son of God, which should come into the world. I love that. Verse 28, and when she had said, she went her way and she called her sister secretly, the master, rabbi, he's come and he calleth for thee. Martha goes into the house and she doesn't want to alarm the crowd that's there, so she says, he's calling for you, tells her secretly. Look at verse number 29. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Verse 30, now Jesus was not yet coming to town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, catch this church, don't miss this. The Jews then, which were in the house with her and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, she goeth unto the grave to weep there. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? I'm going to read that again. The Jews that were with Mary in the house that were comforting Mary, when they saw that Mary arose and ran out the house, they thought that Mary was going where, church? Talk to me. On this side, talk to me. Where did they think Mary was going? She was going to the what? The grave. 
Please understand this. They were wrong. They were wrong. Brother Keith, Mary wasn't going to the grave. Mary was going to God. Some of y'all, you're going to catch that later. Mary wasn't going to the grave. Mary was going to God. So many times when we're dealing with God's delays, we want to skip God and go to the grave. We want to go to our problem. We want to go to our impossible situation or circumstance or whatever it is that's causing us a little bit of anxiety. And we want to fix that problem. We want to get out of this problem as soon as possible. Understanding this, my brothers and sisters, that every situation that God places us under or in has a purpose not to just give us, uh, put us in a sad situation that cause us to be depressed. No, 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 no. Every circumstance that God places a Christian in is to give him glory, my brother and sister. You see, God's delays are often God's displays. Yeah, that's right. I said that. Preach that thing. God's delays are often God's displays. You say, well, what happened here? This death, uh, this, this sickness is not unto death. So Jesus, he already told his disciples, this is not about Lazarus' death. Then what is it about? It is so the Son of Man might be glorified thereby. This is about God's glory. It wasn't about his sickness. So tonight, it's not about your pain or my pain. God wants to use it so that he, in return, can get glory. That's his promise. That's his plan. Look what the Bible says in verse number uh, 20, 29. Verse 31, he goes to the grave to weep. Look at verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. You think that Mary and Martha were talking for a couple days, yes or no? Of course they were. It's the same thing that Martha said to Jesus. If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. It's not a coincidence that Mary goes out and she says the same thing. They were talking to each other for a couple of days. Man, God could have done, Jesus could have done something about this, but, he, but he's not here. He, he could have done this and our brother Lazarus would not have died. Verse number 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. I believe Jesus is sad. That same word troubled that he used in John chapter 14, you remember that? Let not your heart be what? Troubled. Don't worry about this. Don't, don't be sad about this. He shows his humanity, and I love that about Jesus. He was troubled in the spirit. Verse 34, and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. It's the same thing that they told him to do in verse number three. Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is six. Come and see. Come and see this. Verse number 35, Jesus wept. Verse number 36, then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. Can I just remind you tonight? No matter what circumstance you find yourself in tonight or what you've been through or what you are going to go through, can I just very simply and powerfully say tonight, 
under the authority of God's Holy Spirit, Jesus loves you. His love is unconditional tonight. There's nothing I can do to earn his love, and there's nothing I can do to lose his love. Thank God that he loves me with an everlasting love. The Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse number 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In the book of 1 John chapter number 3, the Bible says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Thank God tonight that Jesus showed love by weeping with those that wept and you say Sammy was Jesus weeping because he couldn't do anything about the situation I'm just telling you tonight my brothers we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities that means weaknesses but was in all points tempted as we are and yet without sin and because of that we should come boldly to the throne of grace to find help and grace in time of need and thank God that when you weep Jesus Jesus also weeps. When you hurt, Jesus also hurts. When you're sad, Jesus is also sad. Thank God that he knows what it's like to be human, my brothers and sisters. Don't you dare think that he doesn't care about you tonight. Oh, he cares about you. He's told his disciples, you see those, the, you see those, the lilies in the field? They don't spin, they don't toil. You think they're working on knitting sweaters and to be, no, 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 no. I want you to understand that not even Solomon with all of his riches would be arrayed or clothed like one of those lilies. You see the fowls of the air? They don't care about where they're going to find food. Those sparrows, they know that they're going to eat today. He says, aren't you worth more than many sparrows? So the songwriter wrote, why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know that he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free, for his eye is on the sparrow. And thank God, I know that his eye and his eye, it still watches me. Thank God that Jesus Christ loves with an unconditional love, and his love never changes, thank God. Oh, behold, how he loved Lazarus. <laughs> the humanity of Jesus. I think sometimes we lose sight of that, don't we? He became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He humbled himself and he carried the cross. Love so amazing. Wow, Jesus Messiah. Thank God, the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven, Jesus, Messiah, Lord of all. God descended wrapped in flesh so that he would know what it's like to be betrayed. Sometimes we go through hard times and people who are well-meaning, they'll come to us and they'll say, I know what you're going through. But the reality is, nobody really knows what you're going through. That's the reality tonight. Do you agree with that? 
Nobody knows what you've been through. Every situation is unique. Every situation is different. There may be some similarities, but they're unique. Every individual is unique and different. But can I tell you about one person who knows exactly what you're going through? Oh, bless his name. He walks the hallways with you at the hospital when all hope is gone. Oh, he sits by your bedside as you say goodbye to a loved one. Oh, he's with you, my brothers and sisters. He's with the single mothers tonight. Oh, praise his name. He's with the orphans tonight. Yes, he is. He's with us tonight, my brothers and sisters. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all our souls' diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Oh, thank God. Jesus knows about our struggles. He will guide until the day. Hey, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Verse 37, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused this man I've died? Some of the Jews are weeping and the others are questioning like, wait a minute. We heard how he made the blinded eyes to see. Matter of fact, I was there when he, when, when he gave that, that, that uh, Bartimaeus, when he, when he gave Bartimaeus his sight, I, I saw that. Could not this man that have caused the blinded eyes to see cause not that Lazarus would die? Now, now listen, listen, listen. Check this out. Check this out. They would have thought it was amazing that he would come to heal Lazarus. Just, just stay with me. They would have been shocked. They would have been like, Phew. yeah. How do you think they're about to feel right now when not only Lazarus died, he's dead. You know that, right? He's dead. It, it, look what the Bible says. Verse number 38. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. By the way, that's the pattern of prayer. We go to God and God goes to the grave. Yeah, that's right, baby. We go to God and God goes to the grave. Don't you ever forget that. Go to God and God will go to the grave. Go to God and God will go to the grave. So many Christians try to deal with their problems personally and all alone. We think we got it figured out. No, go to God because God still goes to the grave, praise his name. Now watch it. Jesus comes to the grave. It was the cave and the stone was laid upon it. Verse 39, let's read it aloud. Ready to begin? Jesus said, take ye away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that was dead. The Bible says, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he what? For he had been what, church? You know what Martha's saying? Pastor Caleb, Martha's saying, listen, he's full of worms. Jesus, are you kidding me? What you mean move this stone? He's full of worms. By the way, she had more faith than we thought, didn't she? Because she was the one that partook of moving the stone. She said, no, take the stone away. She said, all right. But Lord, I want you to know that his body's decaying. He's full of worms. He's been dead for four days. Decomposition had set in already. He's, he's, he's dead, man. I like how Jesus responds. <clears throat> Verse 40, Jesus saith unto her, Said I nigh un not unto thee, that if thou wouldest what, church? Believe. Thou shouldest what? See the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Thank you for hearing me, Lord. And Jesus kind of takes a step back, and he says, listen, Lord, verse 42, I knew that you hear me always. I know that you hear me always. 
But why did Jesus do this? Here it is, church. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 43, and when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> this is beautiful. Lazarus, come forth. You say, what is the theme of this here, right here, Pastor Sammy? Believe. Sometimes in God's delays, we just don't believe. We doubt. We fear. But we lose our faith. We, we don't believe. Jesus says, listen, this is greater than all of this right here. This is so that you guys that are here can believe and can glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Do we have any foodies in the house tonight? Any foodies in the house tonight? Any foodies? I got one in the back. Brother Jeremy got a witness. No, anybody else? A little foodie in the house? Okay. So what's a foodie? People that love food. All right, raise your hand. All right, yeah, all right, all right. I know you like food. No one ever goes to a restaurant just to hear the waiter read off the items on the menu. Well, let's go down to Mastro's. By the way, if you've never been to Mastro's, you better get yourself to Mastro's. Best butter cake in Southern California. That's right. That's right. I'll give you a shout out to Mastro's tonight. I said next the other day, but Mastro's is real. Mastro's are real, brother. You'll get baptized again if you have a, master, a Mastro's butter cake. That's right. No one goes to a restaurant and say, okay, waiter, come. Give me some of your specials. All right, we have tonight, we have the ribeye. And, you know, it's, it's, it's open, you know, it's grilled, and uh, we can make it, you know, temperature. We can give it to you medium. And, and the sides are, you know, the, the sautéed mushrooms and, and onions. And, and uh, how many ounces is, ah, you know, we got different choices. We have the 12-ounce and, and the 16-ounce. And, and if you're a grown beast, we got the 32-ounce. Can I get a witness right there? All right. All the men should say amen right there. Good. <clears throat> Tell me what else, what do you got for the size? Well, we have some, some gnocchi. I don't even know what gnocchi is, okay? But we got gnocchi, got some uh, rustic potatoes, and oh, that sounds so good. We got a little creamy corn, a little asparagus for the Hadley. What do you have for dessert? Well, we have the succulent chocolate malted lava cake, whatever, made fresh and daily by our chefs is its specialty, and scoop of ice cream, Haagen-Dazs, that's right, Haagen-Dazs. Haagen-Dazs ice cream, that's right. Tillamook, if you, whatever. Thrifty, it's all good. Right Aid. Chocolate Multi Crunch, Right Aid. Real deal. Anyways, no one says, ah, that is so great to hear you describe and exegete the things off the menu. Thank you, waiter. And gets up, sister church, and walks out of the restaurant. I feel so full. Just, just listening to the waiter describe the, the items on the menu. Like, hey, man, are you smoking crack, bro? What's wrong with you, man? I didn't bring you to the restaurant to sit down for the waiter to describe the things on the menu, and you can walk away thinking, hmm, oh, I smell so good. Sometimes, listen, Christian, sometimes God places us in these Lazarus-type situations. You know why? Because he doesn't want to be just a God that's theology on a shelf. 
He doesn't want to be a God that you just come to church and hear about. He doesn't want to be a God that I just study about and preach about. God wants to be experienced. That's why the psalmist said, oh, smell and see that the Lord is good. Is that what he said? No. He didn't say, oh, hear and see that the Lord is good. No. What did the psalmist say, church? Talk to me. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And sometimes he places us in these Lazarus type of situations so that he can still say, come forth, marriage that is broken. Come forth, wayward teenager. Come forth, financial situation. Come forth, anxiety. Come forth, even those that are bound by sicknesses. Come forth because he's a God that wants to be experienced church by the way God is still in the resurrection business oh man I've seen God do all kinds of stuff my man yeah that's right this is something that you can probably you can probably hear about and all. no 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 listen listen this type of situation has to be lived through has to be lived through how do you deal with God's delays understand that God's love for you never changes Several times throughout the portion of Scripture, several times it says, Jesus loved. Oh, how he loved them. This is the man that Jesus loved. Never doubt the love of God in your life. Never doubt the love of God in your life. God loves you with an unconditional love. Number two, understanding God's delays, that there is a purpose to bring God glory in your situation. I don't know what it is, but God will reveal it to you in time. Go directly to God. Go directly to God. And, and listen, uh, don't stop out for the grave. Go directly to God and trust God with the outcome. And understand tonight that we're all going to cross that valley of the shadow of death sometime. But thank God that if you believe in Jesus Christ, though you are absent from this body, you are present with the Lord forevermore. And in that time over there, there'll be a glorified body. No more sickness, no more pain, no more weeping, no more COVID, no more cancer, no more diabetes no more heartache, no more uh, uh, falling into sin, no more destruction, no more uh, temptation, no more testing. Thank God that we will be with Jesus Christ forever. He is still the resurrection and the life. Praise his name. Praise his name. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.